Second Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we begin a three-week series about what we do together, how we live together, how we grow together, and how we are set to be together. And so on this first Sunday, I find it's appropriate that we look at living together as a community. Because it's Trinity Sunday. And God gives us an example of community in the Trinity. That we have God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All together as one. But each with a role to play. Each with a part to have. Each with their own distinct being. But yet all one. That these three make up a holy community. But often when we think about community, we think about things that are very close. Things we can describe easily, things we can say, well, you are in, you are out. I don't even know if I could properly describe how three individual things can be of one being and still be three individual beings without leaving you all very confused and wondering what I was just talking about. And I'm afraid that we would probably run well past lunch and I would just end up with a lot of disgruntled, confused people. So instead we're going to look at that example gives us something to think about when we think about ourselves in community. That each one of us is an individual, but when we come together to be part of God's church, we are part of the church. We are of God's church at that point. And God's church isn't separated into individual pieces. God's church is God's church. It is whole. It is universal. It is holy. And it's open. See, one of the things that we often convince ourselves of is that if we have a community that we need to decide who's in, who's out, and then we can close here so we are good and we can carry on now. That Christ commissioned us to make disciples of the world. Christ gave us authority to go and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in all nations, to all peoples. Which means that closing our doors and saying who's in, who's out, gets a little tricky. And it gets even trickier when we try to say that God is for some and not others. Part of the problem comes in that we can't divvy up God. We can't 
bite off a chunk and say, this is my part of God, I'm going to go over in my corner, leave me alone, I have my little chunk of God, everybody else can fend for themselves. It doesn't work. And it doesn't work because God is the same God for each and every one of God's children. Even those children who don't yet recognize my God that I want to drag over into my little corner is going to be the same God that you have that's going with you wherever you are going. It means nothing I do is going to be able to stay in that little corner. Because God's already going out with somebody else. God is already going forth in the world on somebody else's lips. So we have to ask ourselves what it means to be a community of believers, what it means to be a faith community, and how do we live together with God? Sometimes we get a little too caught up in the size of our community. We get caught up thinking that our community belongs within these doors and these walls. That inside is our church. A good friend of mine recently reminded his congregation that this is not their church. This is not our church. This is God's church. We are in God's house. But if we're in God's house, then it means that we are sharing this house with God. And if we're sharing it with God, it means that it's full of God's hope. And it means that it's full of a wish. A wish that all of God's people could be here. The problem is that if we start saying that this is ours and we need to close the doors to keep others out, And we're trying to wrestle the church away from God and back into our hands. The thing is that communities come in all sorts of sizes. And that's a good thing. But in the end, it's important to also remember that though we have a community that is made up of the people who are in this church right now, that the people of this church community are also part of the community as a whole. And that we are part of communities made up of villages and cities Communities made up of counties, of states, of regions, of nations, of continents. But yet we are of a community that encompasses more than just the entire world even. When we are a community of God, we are a community that has no borders. A community that has no doors. A community that has... A big sign hanging out front says, come in. This is for you. So does that mean that our little communities don't mean anything? No. No, no, no. As we hear from Paul, he's talking to what would be a little community. 
says, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. See, what Paul knows is that if we are going to share the peace of Christ with others, if we are going to share the knowledge that Jesus is with us everywhere we go, we've got to first practice it with each other. Because surely if we all are in agreement that Christ is there for us, that Christ died that we could be forgiven, if Christ lives that we may live eternally in Him, that if God sent the Spirit that we may be able to live with Him always, in Him always, then surely we can agree with each other that we live as children of God in God's grace and in God's hope. And surely if we understand that Christ died for each and every one of the people in this room right now, then surely if Christ can die that we can be forgiven, then surely we can forgive each other. For we know we're going to make mistakes. We know that we're not always going to do the right thing. Surely we can love one another. And that's where the importance comes in of having the small communities. Whether it's a family or a small group or a congregation, we have those small communities that we may remind each other that we grow with each other, that we are with each other, but that we live with each other that we may be an example of God's love, that we may be an example of God's mercy. And that when we practice it with each other, it means that when we go out and we show it to people who have yet to experience God's love, that they recognize it. That they see it in us and understand how good it is to live in that love. How good it is to know Christ in your heart. How wonderful it feels to know that you can be forgiven when you cannot forgive yourself. We do these things when we live together because we help to build up God's people. And when we build up God's people, we do so by building them up in Christ. That we don't lift each other up with our words alone. That we don't lift each other up by saying, well, I believe in you and I think that you'll do fine. We lift each other up in the hope that is Christ, saying that I am with you because Christ is with both of us. And if Christ is with all of us and we are together in Christ, then surely we can all be forgiven. Surely we can all live together. Surely we can all share in God's grace and God's abundant love. And surely if we can find peace in this room, surely... If Christ is helping us right now to find peace with each other, then surely Christ must be able to help us find peace with all of God's children. And it fills me with hope. I don't come here because I am bringing hope to God. I come here because God fills me with hope every time I turn to Him. 
and I'm filled with an even greater hope when I share that hope with my brothers and my sisters in Christ. But seeing each and every one of you gives me hope and a better tomorrow. Each and every one of you fills me with the hope that with Christ, together we can move forward and together we can make the world a better place and together we can help those that feel like they have no hope find hope. Those who feel they have no love find love. Those who feel like they have no place to belong to remind them that yes, there is a place for you because we have found a place here together in God. That we have found a place together in Christ. That it was open for each and every one of us. Even if we got scared, even if we got angry, even if we doubted. Even for a lowly sinner such as I. I know Christ is there. And I know that even when my faith falters, because I have not isolated myself and kept myself alone, but I have immersed myself in God's people, that when my faith may falter, when things may get difficult, I am strengthened by God's hope and God's love through God's people. That each and every one of you builds me up in Christ. Each and every one of you strengthens me in Christ. Because I can see that even if I doubt for a moment, I see so many who are there to give me strength and give me hope in my time of need. That it strengthens me that I may be hope. Hope in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we can find peace and hope and love and mercy together in our God. Because our God is bigger than any one building. We can't put doors on our God because our God is too big to keep anyone out. We can't draw borders around our God and keep Him in and say, this is our God, you've got to go find your own. Because my God is big enough for all people. And that gives me the ability to love all people. To have one of His children, then surely I can. Surely it means that I can live together. That maybe someday, someday we can all Come together. We can greet one another with a holy kiss. We can agree with one another and live in peace. For all of God's children will come home. And then by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with all of us. It will be in all of us. 
because we have found a Christ to live together. Amen.